1: I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask
0: yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War
2: Room. Here's your host,
0: Stephen K. Ban. It's Saturday, 15 April, in the year of our Lord, 2023. It's tax day. It's tax day, but um, we don't have to pay. I think it's not till... uh, it's not till um, Tuesday, I think. Tuesday is the new day. Uh, normally, it's the first business day back if it's on a, if it's on a weekend. But I think they're giving you an extra day. So make sure you're happy about what you're you're paying for. Remember, uh, Kevin McCarthy has a uh, a big kickoff speech on Monday, right? To to kind of tee off this next two or three weeks. So they're all coming back to uh, Washington on Monday and Tuesday, and we're going to have a a really a throwdown. You've got the border security bill. You've got everything with the debt ceiling. We had Russ vote on yesterday, and Russ laid out for us a pretty uh, pretty detailed about what's going on. They're trying to get a, a uh, coming together of the 218 votes they need to put forward a plan. I, I'm I'm hearing that some of the cuts may not be as steep as we are demanding, but we'll have to see all that. We think they got to be pretty steep, uh, but we'll check it. We'll make sure we check it all out. Uh, I'm gonna get Joe Allen up here in a minute. Remember, I keep telling you that, um, our, reminding you, 2024. The one of the biggest issues we're going to face in this presidential election because a lot's going to change, given that we're in the early stages of the third world war, but also this um, revolutionary technology that is upending civilization and upending uh, upending um, culture, and that is artificial intelligence, which is just the lead of the uh, the lead of the. Um, of the tip of the transhumanist movement, which has many, many other verticals. The reason I want to start off with Joe today, it's 15 April, uh, basically 90 days ago, 90 days ago in Davos, you had the release of, uh, of chat GPT. And within this 90 days, you think how much has changed already, how dramatic has been this uh, impact of artificial intelligence. And it's going to be in every, every person in this audience in every one of your businesses in every part of your life this is coming, and right now, I can tell you I think it 's going to be quite difficult quite difficult to uh, to um, control it because i don 't see any you know we 're going to get you the commerce department's going to have open uh, comment section next week on um, on what 's going on and and what's your input, but that is a uh, pretty thin read, given what 's happening and what we know is happening in weapons labs and uh, university research company research, and also hostile countries like uh, mainland China, what's happening in North Korea, what's happening in South Korea, uh, Russia, other places like that. So it's a very, very, very dangerous. Also, in the fighting of war, and I talk about the, the the early years of of the Third World War and going to that, artificial intelligence is going to have a massive implication of the defense of Taiwan and the fight that's coming over Taiwan. Right now, we know, and from the intelligence reports have been leaked in this very controversial intelligence leaks. One of the things that comes out is the use of artificial intelligence in targeting. It's one of the reasons that the Ukrainians, although being outgunned, are are doing so well, particularly in air defense, particularly in targeting, at least to date, their air defense now looks like maybe chopped up of where they've where they've been successful is American. uh, You know, I don't want to say outsourced, but out out of country targeting using artificial intelligence. Let me get uh, Joe Allen of all things. Joe, I, I just want to give people a head. This is 90 days of essentially from the Davos conference when it was released. And I keep telling people that um, you have to understand Davos man prides themselves on being the insiders of the insiders. Now, when I say Davos man, the people actually come to Davos. And that that is a collection of consultants and advisors and accountants and law firms and media specialists and, and technology companies. So the thousands that come there to participate, you're you're at what are called Davos, man. They're not the insiders. They're not the big decision makers. But you see the shock on there. And they had other things to talk about, the great Reset, everything else. Everything in Davos was just dismissed and discounted. This was and they all turned to fanboys immediately, fanboys immediately. But the most important thing. Is the people that are the inside of the insiders, I'm talking um, uh, Sergey over at Google, uh, Eric Schmidt at Google, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, even Elon Musk. The insiders of the insiders in social media, the oligarchs themselves were stunned to the fact that the radical business changes we've seen among the big tech oligarchs to me has been uh, jaw-dropping. They have literally admitted, Zuckerberg admitted the whole thing with metaverse. Boom, dump it. It may turn out to be something. Dump it. I'm spending, I'm putting everything in back of artificial intelligence. Uh, Sergey came back off the beach. These guys hadn't been in the Google building in years, coming back to make this a priority. Bill Gates said this is the future. Elon Musk is warned, but you can tell that he's already get, getting, uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, of Twitter associated with artificial intelligence. So not just the, the, the foot soldiers or the Grandoons at uh, Davos, which are at least inside the velvet rope, but the key decision makers in the biggest, most powerful technologies caught by surprise, shocked stun to, uh, you know, in, in Metaverse's case, somebody had already totally changed the direction of Facebook, put already billions of dollars into it, basically scrapped it. To say, I got to focus on this. So give us your 90 day assessment, because I keep telling people this is probably the biggest uh, indication that something's massive underfoot. And you can't have any conversation with a venture capitalist. You can't have any conversation with a private equity person that you're looking for real financing of something. If you don't have artificial intelligence, part of that pitch you're not going to get the meeting today. They're taking the meetings with those guys. And if you don't have artificial intelligence as an integral part of your business model, they'll get to you, but they ain't going to get to you today. Joe Allen.
3: You know, Steve, this is oftentimes described as an AI arms race. And I think that's very accurate. What you have uh, within America is a, a competition between all of these big tech companies to produce better and better artificial intelligence, because if they don't, than their competitor will. Uh, GPT really spearheaded this, right? That was what everyone was freaking out about at the World Economic Forum. And GPT was amazing because it showed these emergent capabilities. Now, it's easy to kind of dismiss it as a just a chat bot, and it is. A lot of people dismiss it by saying, well, it's just garbage in, garbage out, and that's basically true. But what you have with GPT technology, right, a generative pre-trained transformer is that this neural network this artificial brain by virtue of its size by virtue of the number of nodes and parameters within it and put that in layman's terms basically think of it as brain cells and the connective uh, uh, dendrites and axons between them what you have by virtue of size is an emergent system so it beyond just being able to predict the next word in a sentence to create coherent paragraphs and coherent essays, it exhibited a sort of reasoning capability. And before they put the woke safety layers over top of it, uh, it it was a a fairly non-biased system. Everybody kind of talks about this as like, oh, AI is woke. The system under the brain underneath All of those safety layers that make it so-called woke is not woke. The brain underneath, what was amazing about it, is that it was capable of sifting through this vast quantity of human language and coming back with uh, amazingly uh, unbiased and informative essays, uh, articles, short paragraphs. So that's what sparked this AI arms race. So just, I think, yesterday... Amazon has now entered into it with their system Bedrock, which is a generative AI system. Uh, Then, as you mentioned, you've got Meta, used to be Facebook. Their lead, their chief AI scientist, uh, Jan LeCun, is pushing this forward as fast as possible. They already have language models like ChatGPT. Uh, Then you have, of course, Microsoft's investment in and incorporation of GPT. And then you have Google with their system uh, Lambda, uh, now known as BARD, and they are rushing into this. So that's, that's just a few of the players within the country itself. But then, Steve, I think maybe the most important part, at least uh, on you know, a, an existential level perhaps, is that the international competition in this AI arms race is also ramping up. Part of that is about you know the chatbots, the language model. Uh, You've got uh, uh, Baidu with their Ernie Bot, innocently named Ernie Bot, which is basically a kind of version of ChatGPT. But what's really, really striking is the AI arms race around militarized uh, artificial intelligence, right? So uh, as you mentioned, Palantir had donated their system to Ukraine for the purposes of uh, battlefield reconnaissance, overall surveillance— uh, a target acquisition, and you know, you, you, there have been different estimates, but Alex Carp, the CEO of Palantir, estimates that it improved their their target their targeting by 20x. That's pretty massive if that's the case. And then you also now have because DARPA, of course, the Defense Advanced uh, Research uh, Projects Agency for the U.S. Department of Defense. DARPA is putting up a ton of money to develop better and better, of course, artificial intelligence systems. But most importantly, maybe the uh, they are trying to build up America's drone swarms. So they have the Amass program in which they are they are funding and contracting with different companies to create better and better, more and more sophisticated drone swarms, both for surveillance purposes and also. Uh, to attack, right? These can be used to target individual people. They can be used to target um, uh, tanks. They can be used to target bases. And maybe um, you know, one, one of the important developments there too. You have Eric Schmidt, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, who is is backing a company, Istari, and Istari's goal is to create these. sophisticated drone systems. They have two major goals aside from their previous role as a cybersecurity company. One, to create uh, simulations to make better and better and more sophisticated high-tech equipment for the military. And two, to have uh, interoperable drone technology, to have interoperable systems that can be used for surveillance and presumably also for attack. So uh, this AI arms race has at least two elements. There's actually quite a few more, but just very simply, you've got the, the, the language models, which are going to be incorporated, as you say, all across the economy and the education system. And what could be more important than who speaks to you and who tells you the truth, right? And two, you've got the military angle. You've got the, the race to create better and better surveillance and and weapon systems through artificial intelligence.
0: Uh, by the way, in the in the artificial intelligence in the battlefield is the kind of the least of our the least of our worries. It's going to be terrible, but it's the least of our worries. So much other big stuff going on behind the scenes. Okay. We're going to take a short commercial break. Well, a couple of things I want to make sure we go through a lot today of the um kind of the housekeeping, but make sure you know because starting Monday of next week, it's going to be full strap in. Uh, in the war room, number one on Monday, they're going to be the live hearings. And we're hearing, as as we talked about yesterday on the afternoon show, C-SPAN is trying to avoid covering the hearing in New York of the Judiciary Committee. It's a field trip. It's a field, uh, you know, a, f- a field trip, what they call it. They, they take these out. They did it to Yuma. They're there to put brag on the spot. A federal judge is not shutting it down. Uh, C-SPAN and others do not want to cover it, are not going to cover it wall-to-wall. We're going to try to see what we do. We want to make sure you get intense coverage of this. Also, Kevin McCarthy giving a speech, and some of the stuff's leaking out. I don't think it's nearly enough. What's leaking out about the budget is not nearly enough. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about the Third World War, the early days, big conference uh, next weekend in Los Angeles. we got Joe Allen here to talk all things artificial intelligence, how it is now going to become a permanent part of American and uh, global life. And you're going to have to deal with it. There's no stopping it now. Short commercial break. Back in a moment. Americans have had it. They're done supporting companies that rake in hundreds of millions, sometimes Billions of dollars while trashing the country that made their success possible. Until recently, we had to take it, but companies like Patriot Mobile are building a whole new economy, one which embraces the values that made America the greatest country on earth. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks, so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. All this, plus the knowledge that you are supporting free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com Bannon. That's patriotmobile.com. Dot com slash Bannon, Or call them right now at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code BANNON. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. Remember, stop giving monies to companies that hate you. Support the Patriot Mobiles of the world. That's PatriotMobile.com slash BANNON. Or call 878-PATRIOT. Your host, Stephen K.
1: Bann.
0: Okay, welcome back. Um, Remember, another big development yesterday in the Third World War was that China, for the first time, we saw the CCP back down. If you remember, we talked about earlier in the week, they uh, notified everybody they were going to put a no-fly zone north of Taiwan, I think over the East China Sea. They backed off of that yesterday. They dropped that. It's the first time on anything they've been doing since the island building, the artificial reef building, uh, everything about trying to limit and restrict uh, free and safe navigation of the South China Sea that they've really blinked on. Remember, we had Dr. Bradley Thayer on the other day to walk through the three elements that they're getting ready. The first, they they went and had an exercise about the decapitation, the decapitation move. The first thing you would do is try to decapitate the leadership in Taiwan, with strikes all over, uh, the second would be air superiority. The third, what he said is coming, this August, is about amphibious and air assault uh, to both seize the uh, seize the um, plants. Also, basically, air and blockade, naval blockade of Taiwan, and maybe even an amphibious assault. That's all uh, coming this summer. And then he said they're ready for um, they're ready for an outright assault. The CCP during that week announced a, um, a essentially a a, a a what cordon sanitaire, uh, no fly zone north of uh, Taiwan. They have now backed off that. Uh, so a lot going on there. A lot going on, and this really hurtling towards kinetic war in um, in Taiwan. We're going to have uh, Joe Allen's going to talk to us in a second about. We had Rebecca Kaufman the other day about the artificial intelligence. We're going to get to Joe in a second, but this war. This is one of the things we're going to discuss next week, and I'm trying to get as much of that live stream as possible. If you can't make it, it's the American Freedom Alliance. Uh, is in uh, the greater Los Angeles area uh, at one of the convention uh, places, their are conference places. It's a two-day conference, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's got some of the top names, many people we've seen here in the war room. If you're in the general area, certainly would love for you to attend. If not, we're going to try to live stream as much as possible. By the way, you can go to the website and find out all the information um, uh, Grace and uh, and Captain Bannon will put it up to make sure we get it in also in the live chat. Uh, if you can't make it in person, and one of the reasons I recommend you try to make it in person is that you get to network. You get to meet people. Uh, and we, we really try to carve a way to meet everybody that comes to these events and also to help you network. And I think everybody that comes comes away with a, a feeling, hey, not just I get great content and great information, but I got to to meet people. And, uh, and Joe Allen, our own Joe Allen, is going to be there and Joe is there because of this whole situation of artificial intelligence in, in the third world war. The other aspect of this you can't uh, leave out is that our allies, you know, whereas Beijing is bringing people to work with them to bring people to go to uh, Beijing and to sign up. You just had Persia and Saudi Arabia there uh, last week. They're doing major output deals uh, with the, G- the CCP and they're taking they're not using petrodollars. They're going to use the yuan. Uh, to uh, as the currency, that's all this de-dollarization movement. You had U, uh, Lula, which we've warned about, goes to Beijing on uh, on Thursday. First thing he does on the tarmac is give a big speech about how the American order is over, how the dollar, the every everything built upon the dollar is over. He then goes to the the China, called the Chinese Development Bank, which is essentially the bank of what we call the bank of the BRICS. That is uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. But it's all the kind of the global south that have all the natural resources where he says uh, the day of the dollar is over. The reign of the dollar is over. And we're here to talk about a new financial architecture of the world built upon the yuan and other currencies. And and we said Lula was going to do this as his own economy is literally melting down given the type of inflation overspending he has, as you would expect any out of control Marxists to do. Make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. You've got to get the three-part series. We talk about the politics of money. This was the dominant politics in our nation in the 19th century. Uh, that all kind of stopped with the uh, with the creation of the Federal Reserve, go figure, right, in the imposition, imposition of the income tax. Did I say that today was tax day, 15 April? It doesn't have to be filed until Tuesday, but today is the traditional 15 April uh, date, the birthday of the Tea Party also, back in, uh, what, 20, uh, 2009, so what, the 14th anniversary of that, if my math is correct. Um, but this financial and uh, kinetic war of World War Three, which we're fighting in, in Ukraine right now, remember, that is not even a proxy war anymore. That is basically U.S. versus uh, Russia. You can tell that by this massive leak that took place uh, on the intelligence this week that they all want to divert the attention uh, to this young airman, uh, airman in, in the Air National Guard, you couldn't get a guy more out of the loop. And of course, some of the viewers they said, "Well, he's an IT guy, maybe IT." Hey, the system has got enough firewalls that you should not be able to get some IT guy in in uh, Air, Otis Air Force Base, in uh, Air National Guard base in in uh, near Cape Cod, uh, in the, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, shouldn't be able to cut through it to get to. Um, to get to um, to get to the not just top secret, but top secret compartmented the essentially war plans and briefings uh, for the Joint Chiefs staff. Uh, but it did. And you can see in there all the lies and misrepresentations. One thing you can also see there is the effect that artificial intelligence has had in the air defense of uh, of Ukraine. Do we have a call? Joe, uh, Joe, do we have a cold open you want to play for this segment on the uh, on the artificial intelligence in combat?
3: Uh, yeah, I think that'd be relevant if Denver wants to roll it.
0: Let's. Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and roll at Denver, and then we'll bring in Joe Allen.
4: What emerges is not a rocket or a missile. It has wings that are beginning to unfold just before the video cuts away. We can see enough to identify what this is. It's what's called a loitering munition from Israel's state-owned defense manufacturer, IAI. Its model name, the Harop. IAI presents Harob. The company's promotional videos show what loitering munitions can do. Once launched, they fly autonomously to a target area, where they can wait or loiter in the sky for hours, scanning for a target, typically air defence systems. Once they find a target, they don't drop a bomb, but fly right into it to destroy it on impact. It's earned them the nickname Kamikaze Drones. It's a future that's coming at us fast. Ever more advanced models are coming onto the market, designed to hit a wider range of targets and to have greater autonomy from human control. The manufacturer IAI even markets one of its models with the slogan, Fire and Forget. Swarming is one of the hottest areas of autonomous weapons development right now. The US Navy has released footage of early demonstrations. Here, fighter jets drop over a hundred tiny drones in mid-flight. Once they're out there, it's almost impossible for the human eye to keep track of them. The whine of their motors, almost the only sign of the threat in the sky. Experts say they will make highly effective weapons.
5: Rebecca Koffler is a strategic military intelligence analyst and joins us now. Rebecca, always great to have you on set with us.
6: We must demonstrate to China that we can defend Taiwan, right? But the truth is, as you said, we're stretched pretty thin. The nature of war has changed, uh, Todd, since World War II. We right now, the United States is the top dog militarily. The reason we are is that we're highly reliant on technology. The type of uh, military hardware that we fight wars with takes a long time to build, and it's super expensive. Uh, You also look at the satellites, the space order of battle that we have. Um, It takes time to launch a bunch of those up into the sky, because that's how we conduct missile warning, precision targeting, navigation, everything. And finally, we also have not transitioned onto a wartime footing, because officially we're not in a war, even though we are in a proxy war with Russia right now over Ukraine, and we are in a deterrence posture with with China. But our production capacity is just not up to par to be able to meet those requirements.
0: Joe Allen, what did we just see there sir? Well
3: of course that was uh, Rebecca Koffler, it should be very familiar to any War Room viewer and uh, I, I really I put the, the first part in there it's a DW documentary very very good well worth watching uh, there are a lot of similar documentaries out there uh, you, you really have to get your head wrapped around the types of technologies that are being developed, these, these lethal autonomous weapon systems. Uh, it has terrified people from really... I, I, I remember reading P.W. Singer's Wired for War uh, back in the early 2000s, and these systems were already alarming to anyone who was following it. Uh, but now the swarming technology really makes for a much more sinister element. Uh, what that means, swarming technology just simply means that you have anywhere from, say, a dozen to 100, and they they hope to create swarms of thousands of drones that would just completely overwhelm any sort of defense system, that would overwhelm any sort of uh, surveillance system. And uh, if if they are weaponized, right, if each one of these drones has a payload that can then target an individual or uh, equipment and explode then you basically have a sort of a flock of seagulls that will swoop down on you and kill you. And the, the, maybe the most terrifying thing about it, Steve, is that people are developing artificial intelligence systems that can pilot these, that can organize the swarm itself, that can recognize the target independently and then strike the target independently. Meaning that that whole fire and forget sort of notion you have these systems are unleashed with a target programmed into them, and from that point forward, who is killed or what is destroyed would be up to that system.
0: Uh, Joe, I tell you what, we're going to do we're taking a short commercial break. Uh, Sam Altman, you we've had Altman on, you know, we've had clips about Sam Altman. We've talked about this, uh, this open letter to slow things down to take a moratorium. You've had some of the alternatives people actually want to do. Missile strikes into data centers that would go rogue and wouldn't comply with some moratorium. Uh, Altman has responded to Elon Musk and his team. Uh, We're at the beginning. This is the 90th day of the rest of your life. The artificial intelligence that was rolled out in Davos to Davos Man at the World Economic Forum. Joe Allen is my guest. We're getting all that. The economics of it, too. I admit it. I don't make the best food choices. The CDC says that I should eat six cups of fruit and veggies a day. Now, there's zero chance I'm eating six cups of fruit and veggies a day. But according to a massive study, people who do eat healthy live longer, have less heart disease and diabetes and have less cancer. Now, I take Field of Greens. and I'll tell you why. Unlike other fruit and vegetable supplements, each specific fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected to support specific functions like heart health, liver and kidney health, immune system, and metabolism. I take Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast, and if you're like me, you feel healthier, have more energy, your skin and hair look healthier, and it can help you lose weight. But the biggest benefits is that better health promise. Take Field of Greens and at your next doctor visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up. Return it for a refund. Let me repeat, it's the better health promise. Take Field of Greens and at your next doctor visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up, then return Field of Greens for a full refund. And to help you get started, I got you 15% off your first order. Plus, get another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Do this today. You will feel healthier. You will look healthier. You will act healthier. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Do it today.
2: I started to write a book talking about how technology has always changed the world and we're in an inflection point in the world. The technology was changing so rapidly and things were changing so significantly that it wasn't so much who led any country, it was the changes that are just happening at at, an incredible speed, incredible speed. Look what's happening with artificial intelligence right now. It holds enormous promise and enormous concern. Our our world stands at an inflection point where the choices we make today are literally going to determine the future and the history of this world for the next four to five decades. Literally, not figuratively. We're at one of those points. I had a professor in school who said an inflection point is when you're riding down the highway at sixty miles an hour and you make a radical turn of six degrees in one direction. You can never get back in the course you're on. That's who we are as a world.
5: So paint a picture for us, one, five, ten years in the future. What changes because of artificial intelligence?
1: So part of the exciting thing here is we, we get continually surprised by the creative power of, of all of society.
5: So what is the worst possible outcome?
1: There's like a set of very bad outcomes. One thing I'm particularly worried about is that these models uh, could be used for uh, large-scale disinformation. I am worried that these systems, now that they're getting better at writing computer code, could be used for offensive cyber attacks. Um, And we're trying to talk about this. I think society needs time to adapt.
5: And how confident are you that what you've built won't lead to those outcomes?
1: Well, we'll adapt it. Also, I think the
5: You'll adapt it as negative things occur? For sure. For sure. 2024, the next major election in the United States might not be on everyone's mind, but it certainly is on yours. Is this technology going to have the kind of impact that maybe social media has had on previous elections? And how can you guarantee there won't be those kind of problems because of chat GPT?
1: We don't know is the honest answer. We're monitoring very closely. and, And again, we can take it back. We can turn things off. We can change the rules.
5: Would you push a button to stop this if it meant there was a 5% chance it would be the end of the world.
1: I would push a button to slow it down. And in fact, I think we will need to figure out ways to slow down this technology over time.
0: Listen to those responses right there. If it, the five, 5% chance, not a 50, 5% chance to get in the world. Would you hit the button to stop it after he's giving you assurances? You know, we'll adapt. We'll adapt this. If we, if we see bad things, we'll adapt it. Do you feel comfortable Having the fate of the nation and yourself and your children in that guy's hands, Sam Altman, another one of these pencil neck geeks with no moral courage, uh, no no faith in anything, just a narcissistic, nihilistic, that, that right there. What you're seeing with the Altman's is what all of Silicon Valley is like. Do you feel comfortable having the fate of the of the nation and the world in a guy that, yeah, if we see things, we'll adapt it. We'll make sure we adapt it. We, we got that. We adapt it. I've told you for a while it's going to be a massive issue in the 2024 presidential campaign. That is, that's not even about what it's going to do to actually impact the campaign by the use of it. Altman was a guy that did not sign on to Elon Musk and sign on to this letter. Uh, in fact, he had a response at MIT the other day why he did not. He, his thing was kind of general. I think, I think there's other ways that we can go about it. But let me first lead off with Joe Biden threatened Joe Biden. Think, it, folks, think about this. Would you line up around a Barnes and Noble to get the latest copy of Joe Biden talking about technology? Joe Biden, uh, the, the, the huge brain uh, from Delaware, right? Dead last in his class, as Rudy Giuliani always loves to say, dead last, dead last in his class in law school. Uh, Joe Biden, you know, the very profound, you know, technology has always had an impact and we're at an inflection point. Come on, dude. You're boring me already. Joe Allen.
2: Well,
3: Steve, I've already threatened on Twitter that if Joe Biden's ghostwriter rips off a single line that I've written, I'll find him and say very mean things to him. So be warned. Hold it. Stop. Joe Biden hold, Biden it, Joe, hold it. Stop.
0: Joe, Bi- Joe Biden. Joe Biden was forced out of the 1988. The first time he ran for president, in 88. He was one of the front runners. He was forced out because he plagiarized. He ripped off what the uh the british the british, uh, the british uh, g- uh, the labor guy that did the thing about the coal miners in uh, in Newcastle or the coal miners in Wales where his family came from. Joe Biden ripped the whole thing off, made up some story about his own family and ripped it off, plagiarized it stone cold plagiarized it. They forced him out. This is before the internet. They forced him it was and he only had a couple of networks c n n was just a a uh, nascent uh, technology the the the, the major uh, uh, the major networks and the New York Times forced him out of the race for stone cold plagiarizing and then lying about it. Joe Allen. So he'll so certainly if he was writing a thing, he'd have a ghostwriter cutting and pasting Joe Allen's best stuff. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's absurd, but it does show you that Biden, This is why we had the executive order, the whole of government. Right now, you understand something. Your government has a whole of government approach with tons of money in back of it on transhumanism. I mean, they admit they call it the cancer moonshot. That's just a that's just a, uh, a, a, a something, a shiny toy to throw somebody. This is a they have a whole of government approach from all the weapons labs, billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars in back of it in transhumanism obviously artificial intelligence being the, the top but altman altman is a, another one of these scary these are the guys making decisions ladies and gentlemen we got to make these guys famous tell me about altman and he has not signed on to the moratorium because he's guaranteeing you that oh i think there's other ways that we can uh, we can adapt adapting his his big term i feel so much better knowing that sam altman is going to look after us and he's going to adapt as he sees this thing getting off course sir
3: well, Steve, uh, Sam Altman sits at the center of much of what we talk about when we talk about transhumanism. There's three ways that you can get to know Sam Altman. Really, he writes fairly; he's a prolific writer, so you can read his his articles and blog posts to get a sense. Uh, he he speaks oftentimes uh, quite honestly in public. He's not uh, really that deceptive, I don't think. Uh, if he is, he's holding back much more horrible things than he already says. Uh, and also his investments. Uh, so if you look at his writing, I think we've we've recommended this to the audience many times. Look at his article, Moore's Law of Everything. Moore's Law, of course, was the, uh, the trajectory in computing in which transistors doubled their speed uh, every uh, 18 months or so. Uh, basically, what that means is an exponential increase in the technology. So what Sam Altman's talking about with Moore's Law of Everything, he's talking about artificial intelligence, which is showing an even more dramatic increase in capability as we speak right now. But Moore's Law of Everything proposes, in essence, that all human labor, whether it be mental labor or physical labor, will be done by automation, will be done by artificial intelligence and robots, meaning that we have to figure out what to do then. And of course, it's this bizarre kind of quasi-socialist structure in which the bazillionaires are forced to uh, by the state uh, to keep the rest of us entertained as we have zero use to them and nothing to do. Um, In his public statements, what I've noticed is a a kind of open embrace of a lot of the ideas in transhumanism that we talk about, right? So he believes artificial general intelligence is imminent. His company, OpenAI, is working towards artificial general intelligence. He believes it will have godlike capabilities And he recommends that, or he he believes also that some portion of humanity will have to merge with that artificial intelligence. He doesn't specify, at least that I've seen, but one would imagine that a lot of it has to do with Elon Musk's sort of program of a a brain-computer interface of some sort. Uh, He also recommended in that talk, the fireside talk that we discussed some weeks back, that Uh, humans who don't want to be merged with artificial general intelligence uh, could live in exclusion zones. Now, the idea is that the people who don't want artificial intelligence running their lives are excluding the artificial intelligence. But if you think about the argument he is making, that the godlike force on Earth will basically determine the future of humanity and perhaps the whole cosmos in the most dramatic schemas, uh, then that means that normal legacy humans, Luddite humans, are being excluded from the stream of history. And then if you look at his investment, Steve, I think that's maybe the most amazing. You've got Genomic Prediction, which is uh, basically it's a genomics company that is dedicated to uh, pre-implantation genetic testing for women who get in vitro fertilization. And what that means is that women will basically their ovaries will be coaxed to produce around 10 to 15 eggs. Those eggs will be tested genetically or I'm sorry, they will be they will be uh, inseminated. The embryos will be tested genetically frozen during the testing. And then after a genomic prediction goes through and tells you everything from do they have a disorder uh, like diabetes or do they have any sort of, uh, you know, disorder like Down syndrome or Will they be in the bottom 2% uh, less intelligent category? Or will they be in the bottom 2% uh, shorter category? So they offer information on intelligence and height for women basically to eugenicize their frozen eggs and choose the best one. We've talked about this a lot, too, and especially that recent poll showing that about a third of Americans, over a third, uh, would actually do that if it would get their kids into the top 100 college. So there's a market for it. Uh, and then you look at his company, uh, or the, the company he's invested in, Worldcoin, which is developing World ID, which is it, it operates on the basis of an iris scan. And so uh, one of the arguments is that this will be used because the internet is being flooded with bots. This World ID can be used as a biometric uh, identity to prove that you are human in a world full of bots. So he's creating the bots that are flooding the internet and he's funding a biometric system that can be used to track and trace you and make sure that you're human in the system that he's helping to create. And and, and finally, Steve, I think uh, maybe one of the more shocking too for at least some members of our audience is uh, a company he's investing in called Conception. And in conception, the idea is that two gay men would be able to have a child, one of the men would have a skin cell taken or some other cell taken, it would be reverted back to a stem cell, and the stem cell would then be coaxed to become an ovary, or I'm sorry, an ova, and the ova would then be inseminated by the other man's sperm, uh, creating a, a, a two male, crea- I don't even know what term, but I have a term for it, I won't say it on air, creating a new type of human being. And uh, this, the proof of concept is already there. A Japanese university showed that this was possible in mice just a couple of months ago. So I assume there's going to be a market for that too. So I don't know if you can judge a man by his writings, his, his, his public statements and his investments, but that's who Sam Altman is as far as I can tell uh, from those sources.
0: I think it's, uh, you know, you are what your record says you are. That's the record. That's That says it all right there. Remember, he's one of the ones that's not signing this, right, that says, oh, there's other ways to do it, to adapt it. This is one of the dangerous guys. This is all in research labs, in companies, in prototypes. This is happening. This is not some science fiction magazine. This is not, uh, what was it, AM Coast to Coast, one of my favorite shows ever, talking about something's going to happen 10 or 20 years from now. That was the whole thing about transhumanism. They kept telling you. The singularity, oh, it's 50 years away. Au contraire, it ain't 50 years away because now with technology, the capital that's been applied, all of it, it's happening and it's happening now. Short commercial break. Back with Joe Allen. We also got a lot else to go through. Updates on economics. Uh, I got to specifically talk about Brazil here for a second. Uh, We're going to get it all in. You're in the war room. Strap in, get another cup of coffee, ready to go.
4: download now. Ron DeSantis
3: tried to cut seniors' benefits. In Congress, DeSantis voted three times to cut Social Security, even to privatize Medicare. Worse, DeSantis wanted to raise the retirement age to 70. Ron DeSantis would make us work longer to get less. President Trump promised. We will protect Medicare
0: and Social Security.
3: President Trump delivers, and he always will. Make America Great Again, Inc. is responsible for the content of this advertising.
0: Okay, welcome back. Uh, A bunch of things to go through. Number one, make sure you get because Monday the gun goes off and it's going to be this intense debate. And hey, what I'm seeing right now that's being leaked out in the press. I am not that blown away by They're talking about going back to the 2022 number, which would be immediate, I think, one hundred thirty billion dollar cut at a social spending, no cut at a defense spending. Then they would agree to no more than one percent increase in the the budget uh, in the next every year going forward. Um, And on that, they would give some relief to the debt ceiling to May of 2024. I think that's the number they're talking about. None of that's acceptable. It's just not acceptable. And we have to take a hard line here that has to be dramatic cuts and even has to be cuts out of defense. spending. they say, Steve, how can you do that when you're facing this war with China? And you got Rebecca Kaufler and Joe all these people talking about artificial intelligence. We need to use our unrestricted warfare, particularly the American capital markets and economy. We can't always be focused on kinetic war. That is the, the that is this misnomer of thinking about modern conflict. Modern conflict has a political aspect to it. It has a cyber aspect to it. It has an information war aspect to it, and also principally has an economic war. We know, and I've had the experts on here, if you cut off the Chinese Communist Party and you need to focus on the CCP, don't focus on China. Don't focus on the nation of China. Focus on the transnational criminal element that run the deal. And that's not the 92,000. Remember, a nation of $1.4 or 1.3 billion, however the CIA is you know, calculating it today. And by the way, the difference in that's a big deal because the people with the women are not having babies, although they're, the, the, the restrictions are off at the one-child policy, they're not having babies because they live in a totalitarian dictatorship and they don't think it's a great future for their children. That's a big tell. Economic warfare, if we decouple, hard decouple on technology and capital – and at the same time, start to seize their assets here. And we need some of that for the reparations for uh, for the for the attack by the covid seized by the bioweapon. And let's assume they didn't release it on purpose. But once it was out, they exacerbated it and lied about it. We know that if you did that, every expert we've had on the show, I asked that question, Cole, what, how long did it last? Six months, six months, six months. If we don't do this, we're going to be in a shooting. We need to cut the defense budget. We need to stop being everywhere, like in the Ukraine, like in Syria, like in these places. Got to be out. Can't no more blood and treasure in these places. It has to be America first and focused on the existential threat we have. Now, President Trump would disagree with me in this. He'd say, Steve, I hear you, but the existential threat is the administrative and deep state. And I said, hey, I got you. I said that in CPAC when I went out there and said we had economic nationalism. America first national security. And the third part was going to be deconstruct the administrative state. And nobody went after it harder than Stephen K. Bannon. And hey, we can do it again and we got to do it. But the CCP is on it right now. We're going to be in a shooting war here. I don't know, shortly, if we don't take care of business and taking care of business, got to be stopping our enemies. I'm going to try to talk a little bit in the next hour about our buddy. I told everybody this when it was happening that Lula and Biden had him to the White House and loving up on him after he had stolen the election a week, loving up on him, rubbing up on him over in the Oval Office, you know, had a little thing in the Rose Garden, right? It's all happy clappy. He's the number one part. They're talking about a a global anti-Trump movement led by Lula, financed by the CCP. But he's over there right now, went over to Beijing and right off the bat says, no, we have to have a new economic order based upon the yuan. You got to get off the dollar. And I'm prepared to lead that. And Brazil, all the natural resources we got in Brazil, we'll do that right off the bat with the CCP. Said it right there in the tarmac when he landed. Then went to the Chinese Development Bank, which is the bank of the BRICS, which is the bank of the Global South. This is where One Belt One Road came from. And right there, said we we have to have a new economic order, and the Americans have to be put into place. We should be sanctioned. We should have sanctions on Lula immediately. The Biden regime, and the reason you don't have it, you got so many Marxists and fellow travelers that were all sitting there. Remember, the CIA flew down and told Bolsonaro, "We're watching you. If we see anything untoward, you're going to be in real trouble." They went down the summer before the election. The Biden regime is filled with Marxist traitors, atheists that are in cahoots with the global communist Marxist movement. It's uh, look at look at the praising uh, they're praising Lula. How could you miss that? How could Steve Bannon in the war room, how could he be right and you'd be dead wrong? We told you in advance he was going to betray any type of historic relationship we've had together. This wasn't hard. And yet you guys got him in office. Trust me, the CIA in the Biden regime was deeply involved in bringing Lula to power. Let me repeat that. They were deeply involved in bringing Lula to power. They went down to intimidate. I know they went down to intimidate the Bolsonaro's. They went down to intimidate the Bolsonaro's in the summer. And then Jake Sullivan went down there. But the head of the CIA, the New York Times even reported, Bernie Sanders even said it. You have traitors inside this government that are nothing but Marxist. And now they've got a tool with this artificial intelligence. The fabric of society, the fabric of culture is about to be rendered asunder won this weapon. And I'm telling you, it's not just people think what's well, computer can think so much faster. No, you could get into things like proteins. You can have this doing such nefarious work so fast. It can change the entire structure of human life on earth. Boom. In a second. That's what we're talking about. And we're talking about, oh, maybe we should have a six month moratorium and maybe Sam Altman doesn't agree. He doesn't, Sam Altman, he's got this. If there's anything wrong, Sam Altman's going to adapt. The, the go to bed, go to sleep tonight, uh, comforted on your MyPella products, knowing that Sam Altman, that Sam Altman, if Sam Altman, if Sam Altman thinks that there's something off cue, Sam Altman's gonna adapt. Okay, we got Joe Allen's gonna come back and join us. We've also got. I think we're talking about the Satanic clubs in your schools in that great. Not enough going on with kid. Not enough uh, tough enough being a kid today. Let's throw a Satanic club. Let's throw a Satan club in a great school. Let him deal with that. All next. War room posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.